Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paulton. Today, I've got a friend of the show, Darren Hamill. He's a co-founder and chief strategy officer out, out at Princeton Power. And well, we're going to talk about power. This is a power engineering talk show, isn't it, Darren? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. It is great to be back. Well, yeah, I'm really glad to have you because when we talked last time, we were talking about EVs and the grid and, you know, crossing over in storage because energy storage in and of itself, I think, is a really huge thing. Maybe we should just talk about that for this episode. Yeah, that sounds great. EVs are, are one piece of it, but there is a much bigger trend going on in storage. Well, and, and that's exactly it. It was very good to look at that one facet, but when you think about all the moving pieces, I wanted to step back today and look at the playing field because uh, one of the analogies that I had um, – thought up for this is back in the mid-noughts, I remember uh, working with the people over at Sony, and they, just, they were just about to close the Gahara Research Center, but I had the opportunity to talk to one of the founders, and I, well, I was in a part of a group, so it wasn't like my phenomenal insight, but we asked, what's the next big thing? And back then, he said, memory, and none of us knew what the hell he was talking about. And in hindsight, it wasn't so much that it was such a big market, but the changes in memory fundamentally changed the marketplace, and I see that happening with power today. Yeah, I think that that's a really great analogy. You know, the same way that, that memory kind of plays at a, a fundamental level and makes a lot of things faster and easier and, and even possible, storage is really the same way. It, it, it crosses over through a lot of different applications, and we like to say at our company that we probably can't even imagine all the applications that that cheap and effective energy storage will have, and, and that does seem to be what, what's happening right now. Well, and you're, you hit the nail right on the head, Darren. Until we have a 10-amp battery the size of a, box of a book of matches, we're not going to know what application spaces can be empowered by them, no pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean even something like, you know, when the power goes out and people want backup power, 10 years ago, if you, we had pulled people and said, well, well, what do they want backup power for? It would be very different. In Sandy today, what we hear most is, well, I need to charge my cell phone and my iPad so I can keep in touch with people. So just the use of, you know, portable electronics requires a lot of batteries, and, and no one could have imagined putting a battery that could power uh, an iPhone in the size that it needs to be today, but, but here we are. Exactly. And you actually touch on another salient point there. The use has shifted the need because, as you point out, in a blackout 10 years ago, well, not even 10, 15 years ago, my biggest concern would be my refrigerator running out of power. Everyone's biggest concern. And now, as you point out, today's biggest concern are their personal devices, which I think also shows a migration in usage from big-scale infrastructure to the small portable, because it used to be the house was a big infrastructure thing. Now the house is actually migrating to be an extension of your personal electronic life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And phones are interesting, too, because we never had to worry about phones going out because there actually are huge battery banks that powered the landline. But, you know, myself, as, as part of a younger generation that barely remembers what a landline is, we can't rely on those phone systems anymore, so we're, we're charging our own devices. And it's exactly, it's a exactly. different kind of backup power. Now, so, Darren, recognizing that, 
and we're, we're talking about an infinite number of bins in reality, can we narrow them down to a couple of highlight bins? I mean, obviously smart grid EVs, you know, portable devices, IoT, but what are some of the energy storage opportunities and challenges that you see that the average non-energy storage professional might miss? Yeah, sure. So, right, so transportation is a big one that, that people are pretty aware of. Um, we work a lot with stationary storage, with large battery banks, uh, and large that could be large enough to back up a house or a residence or even large enough to back up like a utility substation. Uh, these are, are large industrial systems that, that you will probably never see unless you're looking for them. But the applications are, are really numerous. So, so backup power is one, but now we're talking about a grocery store, a Walmart, a gas station, um, even data centers and really large buildings that can be backed up with batteries. But then also large batteries that support the electric grid and, and kind of just support the daily operation of the electric grid. Uh, it, it's kind of no secret that the electric grid itself is pretty old, at least parts of it and kind of the concept of it. And there's Over a lot of entry old some I mean. parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, there's been a lot of upgrades going on, but it's um it's a little bit of a piecemeal approach. Um and those updates are gonna have to keep happening. So these large battery systems on the grid can provide some really interesting uh support and kind of enable us to operate the grid in, in really a whole different way than we have in the past. Got it, got it. Now, what are some of the challenges you see for the design engineer, some of the things that they have to be very mindful of going into the next generation of product design with that energy issue, power density issue, storage issue uppermost in their minds? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and with better batteries, which typically means smaller batteries, you're packing a lot more energy into a small space. So managing that is is really critical. Uh, some of the battery chemistries that are in use now, um, they do have certain thermal properties that, you know, they need to be much more carefully managed than, than kind of the traditional, say, lead-acid batteries that, that are kind of the most prevalent out there. Um, and then power quality is a big thing now, too. So we're talking about a lot of digital equipment, digital components uh, that may run on low currents, low voltages, but they're very, very sensitive to fluctuations. So kind of having a really clean power source and, you know, in a lot of different senses, and then managing that, that really dense high power energy storage piece safely, um, but also efficiently is, is really critical today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about Princeton then. What are some of the things that you're doing? I mean, we talked a little about the EV thing, but what are some of the things you're doing in the other spaces to help the marketplace out? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we traditionally worked a lot with distributed energy, so say energy generation kind of around the edges of the grid as opposed to central power plants. A lot of that traditionally has been in solar power and wind power, renewable sources. Uh, and if you think about one of the knocks on solar or wind is that it's an intermittent source. It's, it's not always there when you need it. Um, batteries, large batteries can help with that. They can smooth out the peaks of, say, solar generation and kind of fill in the valleys. So adding a battery bank with a solar array 
you can make a truly reliable 24-7 power source. Uh, and we've been doing some of that. And some of that, we use the term microgrid, which generally right. uh, describes a system that, that can operate both on the grid, so you're exporting power to the grid, but you can also disconnect and run, run on your own. Some of what we do are, are true island power systems where there is no electrical grid and our solar plus batteries and often plus a, a backup diesel or natural gas generator forms the entire electric grid. And, of course, that relies on, on the energy storage components. Right. Well, and you know what's interesting about that whole aspect? In some countries, due to regulatory, like I just had an interview with a, a, a Moroccan photovoltaic expert, uh, they're doing installations in, of course, uh, northern Arabia, and, uh, and pardon me, any emails, I apologize if I have any incorrect references to the region, I just mean northern Africa and such. Um, but they, his biggest problem is when they install a PV facility and they don't have storage, they just have to let the power bleed out because they're, they're, uh, they're barred by regulation from letting the power even go into their local grids. So energy storage can even help address those kinds of idiot issues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and part of it is just uh, not having experience with a lot of solar power on an electric grid. It, it can be a little bit scary. What's this new generation source going to do on a grid that's, you know, it's not used to having power flow in, in the other direction? And if you look at a place like um, even California or some of the northeast states in the U.S., they're starting to think about, very, very high penetration rates of solar, and Hawaii is a great example. When we have a, a, a large percentage of our power coming from solar, we have to manage it more smoothly, again, because the, the people that are using electricity can't handle these, these spikes and get equipment shutting down and, and things that you don't want. So, And in developing countries, as you mentioned, sometimes the cost benefit of solar and batteries is really um, attractive. You know, it can be really expensive to get coal or oil into places like that and to build up an infrastructure where it doesn't exist. A lot of times mm -hmm. it's better to start with these distributed um, resources. Exactly, exactly. And then let's not forget the other side of the coin, which is one of the beautiful parts, in my humble opinion, about engineering and solutions is, there's a whole array of benefits on the redundancy and the disaster preparedness and scalability sides of being able to dynamically manage power when you're storing it within the grid that are going to be tremendous boons and force multipliers to those who implement them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it just gives you a, a level of control that, that we really didn't have before when we were totally reliant on the, on the centralized utility company. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And and it is. It's in, and that was one interesting. One of the things that came up in our, my conversation with the Moroccan guy is it is empowering at the political level to start taking energy into your own hands. And well, obviously that starts raising the specter of the regulatory and political issues, which I would rather avoid. But unfortunately, those are going to be things that we're going to have to think about as we migrate our energy sources forward into a more intelligent, integrated system. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. You can't have a conversation about energy without bringing some of that into the picture. But, you know, luckily there are a lot of smart people working on that. So I think we'll, we'll carve a path to where we want to end up. And, and technology 
really will kind of catalyze a lot of these changes, I think. Yes. Well, I'm a big believer in the philosophy that technology will solve the problems caused by technology. <laughs> right. You know, that, event, that uh, well, you know, that yes, we do create these problems, but if we keep pushing, we eventually improve, streamline, make more efficient, remove waste, and eventually we have an optimal result. And I do see us migrating towards a much more efficient, intelligent, and resilient grid. And there'll be some bumps in the road, both political and business, but at the end of the day, it's going to be better life for everybody, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You can, you can see the changes coming. Everybody knows that we can't continue with the status quo, so why not start leveraging some of this really cool new technology? And, and like you said, we'll see bumps in the road, but but I think we'll continue to adapt and get through those. Exactly, exactly. Now, before this becomes a mutual admiration society on the subject of alternate energy, I'm going <laughs> <I'm> to <laughs> let you have the – well, we get into the end of the podcast, and so we're at the part of the segment where I give my guest the last word in my podcast, because uh, as we all know, I talk too much to begin with, so this gives me an opportunity to let you get the last word, cover anything that we may have missed, anything about the company, the marketplace, or just a tip for our audience, but uh, the floor is yours. Sure. Well, well, thank you, Alex. I think we covered a lot of really good ground, and you know, I'm, I'm personally kind of passionate and interested in what's happening with energy storage, and honestly, I think what's happening it has really been accelerating and so anybody who has kind of an idea that this is something that that they might want to look into I'd, I'd really encourage that I think they're going to find that the changes that have happened even in the past two to three years in the marketplace in particular not just in kind of new technologies out of labs it, it's pretty incredible so I think the pace is just going to continue and we're going to see a lot of really exciting stuff in the next couple of years. I agree with you completely. And as I said before, I'm going to drag you back in a few months, and we'll look again at this rapidly moving target. Excellent. I'll be glad to come back. Great. Thanks again, Darren. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Pulse for Pulse on Power. Have a great day. <laughs>